Welcome to Pondcast. This podcast centers the topics that interest and the stories of Ponderosa Commons residents here on UBC campus, which is located on the unceded territory of the Musqueam people. I'll be your host today. My name is Camila Mir, and I'm a fifth-year BFA creative writing student who uses she, her, hers pronouns and works as a residence advisor here in Pond. Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge that myself and my guests are recording this episode on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Musqueam people. Although we're having this conversation digitally, it is important that as we come together to discuss mental health and the stigmas around it, that we can acknowledge our limited capacity to cause change if we don't educate ourselves and stand in solidarity with Indigenous communities who are failed by our mental health and other healthcare institutions. I would also like to enter the space with a trigger warning, so we will be talking about mental health. It is our intention here at Pondcast to actively be a safe space for people to share their experiences, and we're incredibly humbled to get an opportunity to hear your stories. In this episode, we'll be talking about mental health. What really is mental health, and what does it look like as a university student? We'll be talking to some wonderful campus organizations, as well as friends here in Ponderosa, to see what taking care of your mental health looks like, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. Without further ado, we will have our guests introduce themselves. Hello, my name is Cicely, and I'm a second year art student, and I'm majoring in English. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm currently living in Arbutus House in Ponderosa Commons. Thank you so much for introducing yourself, and we're really excited to have you here with us today on our podcast. Let's dive into some questions. Um, so our very first question being, what does mental health mean to you? I think for me, mental health just kind of has an implication of being happy with where you're at in your life. Just having a general satisfaction of where you're at, no matter what is it going on. The one important thing I think is thinking healthy, living healthy, just having a healthy mindset. And that would mean good mental health and maintaining your mental health and I think it's just as important as physical health because it's something that you really have to take care of and be aware of yourself and it's harder to take care of because you can't physically see it and nobody else can either so you have to take care of yourself and do whatever is right for you to maintain your mental health and achieve that happiness in your life. And that includes things like maintaining healthy thought patterns, living patterns, and talking to people or getting help when you need it. Totally, I think that's like, I really like how you're resonating too with like the different factions kind of of your health. And um, I think how mental health really relates to doing a lot of different things in terms of taking care of yourself. Um, So it's really interesting hearing kind of what mental health means to different people. Our next question is, what does support look like to you? And how can we perhaps provide support and be more inclusive to those who may or may not be struggling with their mental health? I think support looks different for everyone. People generally have an image of support being, like being there to help with people's mental health issues, being there to talk to people, but it's different for everyone because some people need someone to talk to and others just want to be alone. So it really depends on what the person who is struggling wants. As someone who's supporting them, we should respect their wishes and support them in the way that they want us to. And I think that some people don't really know how to speak up about wanting 
support or they might feel awkward expressing it because they kind of just want to bottle it up or they feel like they don't they they're a burden to people and they don't want to reach out for support but saying things like oh like i'm always here for you or there are giving them resources to help would be a good first step in supporting them and helping them towards a better mindset and i think that maybe sometimes people people might have different ways of trying to get support such as group sessions where they talk about mental health with other people and might feel less awkward because other people are also opening up about their experiences so that could also be a way that we could support them or a way that support can kind of look like. Totally. That's, I think, a lot of really wonderful kind of examples of what support can look like. And I like really like how you're mentioning just how different support looks like based off an individual's needs. Well, how would you, what would you recommend for someone who like maybe is struggling with their mental health? I, you had mentioned that a lot of people might bottle things up and it might be hard to kind of step forward and speak up. Like, what would you recommend maybe for someone who might be struggling to share what they're experiencing? I feel like letting it out is ultimately the better solution and it's healthier for their mindset. So to make them feel more comfortable with opening it up, make it clear that it's okay to be able to open up and be able to talk about your problems and that just, just tell them that they're not a burden or they're not they're not bothering anyone by opening up and a lot of people would love to be there for them to help and maybe that would help with getting them to open up well i think that's very thoughtful advice i think reminding people that i like that you're wording around that like people are not a burden um really goes to show the support you can provide people i think that's a base thing that we sometimes think is obvious but um it is really important to remind people. Um, I realize actually that this question I just asked you really verges into our third question. Um, but is there any other advice you might want to give someone who is struggling with their mental health? First of all, establish, as I said, it's okay to not be okay. Um, establish that and kind of work from there. And I think it's also it's also okay to kind of take the time you need to process everything before you try to get support or you try to reach out, talk to people. Um, everyone copes differently and some people might take a while to kind of think things through before they talk to other people about it. Other people might just open up straight away and both are totally okay. Don't You don't have to feel pressured to not open up or open up. That's something that I would definitely say that people should be aware of because I think with mental health, some people kind of have like only one image of what support looks like or how often they should open up to people or how much they should do it. And there really isn't a, certain, a limit on it. So just do whatever you're comfortable with and wait till the point of like you really want to talk to someone and that's when you can really open up and talk about your problems. I think ultimately you do have to let it out. Like for me, at least it really helps to just talk about your problems and gain other people's perspectives on how you can improve with your situation. So that's definitely something that I think you ultimately should do as a way to improve your mental health and help with it. But if you, if it, if you don't feel comfortable with it at the moment, that's also totally fine. 
Um, another thing is if you don't know who you can talk to, you can definitely call hotlines or use UBC resources such as Counselors in Residence or the UBC Student Assistance Program by Asperia. Those would definitely be there to help you if you need it. So yeah, I think that's something that I would say to help someone with their mental health. I think there's so many great pieces there just about I mean for one you list like some really great resources but I, I also think just that idea of being able to speak up when you're you feel ready to um, and I, I like how you kind of talk about like when you feel like you really want to talk to someone say I think sometimes um, when you talk about mental health people say like you should go talk to someone but not everyone is necessarily ready um, I think being ready is you know the first point of being really able to access help if that's what you need um, so yeah, I think exactly. Because no, I think some people, sorry, yeah, because I think some people also don't really know that they need help until um, someone says, oh, like, you should talk to someone, then, like, that, that would be, like, a good indicator of, like, you need help and you need to talk to someone, but some people, sometimes they don't want to be helped or they don't see the need to. So. That's really valid. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, we're coming here from UBC and so many people come from also like different backgrounds and contexts where we don't always talk about mental health. A lot of us aren't used to having these conversations. And I, I know it can be really kind of mind boggling for people to say, like, you should go to therapy or you should consider talking to someone or like, how's your mental health doing? And sometimes I think not all of us are just having those conversations yet. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty hard to start having those conversations. Sure. I, you know, I think a, kind of an interesting tangent I'm thinking about. And what would you say as someone who might be supporting a friend with mental health? How do you perhaps like create boundaries to make sure you're supporting them as much as with, is within your capacity? Yeah, I think I would be there when they need to and whenever I'm personally free. But I would say that sometimes if people, people rely on you too much and you're, you're trying to do something on your own, it can get hard. Um, for me, if I set boundaries, I would just be like, oh, I, I'm working on something right now, but I will be talking to you later or just saying like, oh, like I'm, I'm here for you, but currently I am busy with something and I will, I'll help you later, but I need to work on myself too. So that would kind of be a boundary that I would set for myself and for other people. Well, I think that's really great. And I, I actually really like how your wording of making this very like tangible about saying like, you know, I um, like, I, you know, essentially like I care about you, but I need to do this and I'll get back to you. Um, I think that's really important is when you're supporting someone within your capacity, but like you can't maybe immediately support them. It's okay to be like, you know, I, I do want to help you, but I can't right now because I also need to take care of myself. I think that's really great. Yeah, like even if somebody really needs your help, you should also prioritize yourself and your own mental health first. Totally. And I think I'll, I'll just put in a note for our audience here that, you know, if there's ever a time, though, that someone reaches out to you for mental health support and you are worried about their health, um, you, you should probably get in contact with maybe some emergency services. Um, or you could also, if you live in residence, you get in contact with a residence advisor or someone in housing um, just to get someone to follow up and check in on them. If you it's maybe not within your capacity or you're not really sure how to follow up, but you would like someone to follow up with them. 
Um, let's move on to our next question. So our next question being, what may be some barriers in your experience or those you know from accessing mental health resources? Resources. I think some barriers would be, a lot of it would be internal, like you not wanting to talk to people or being scared of having the judgment on yourself, like, oh, like you need to talk to like mental health people. I don't know, like for me, that's at least the experience I had at my high school where it was like everybody who went to talk to the social workers were like kind of looked down on because they were like, oh, you like, why do you have to go talk to them? You know, so I think that would be a barrier, just like social judgment and people talking about you. And yeah, I think that's definitely a barrier that people could have in accessing mental health resources. So I guess to overcome it, um, it's really hard, but ultimately just think that, think of yourself and that you need it and that you shouldn't be scared that other people are judging you because you're the one who needs the help and you're just doing it for the betterment of your life. Yeah, I think that's such a great point about, I think, the stigma a lot of us face when we want to access resources. And I think reminding ourselves how important it is to still do things for yourself, even sometimes when you're not sure how others will perceive it. Um, yeah, so thank you for sharing that piece. Let's move on to just our final question before we'll perhaps do some wrap up. So our last question is, in your experience, how has the COVID-19 pandemic impacted your mental health or those you may know? I think with the pandemic, a lot of people just feel very disconnected because they can't really see their friends as often. And some people might not even be in their country and it's very hard to reach out to them to talk to them when you aren't really making any like new memories with people. It just feels like you're drifting from your friends and it feels like you're not really connected with them anymore, um, which also has bad implications for your mental health because then you're like, oh, like, can I even talk to this friend anymore? Um, can I like be comfortable with telling them stuff that's going on in my life when I haven't talked to them in ages? And that's, an, that's something that I've definitely struggled with and I think a lot of other people have too because of the disconnect and just being so far from everyone um and also it's like i feel like seeing people in person and being able to talk to them in person is so much better than just like texting or like ranting on voice messages about um your life like it's it's so much better to have the comfort of someone else being physically there and that's just so much harder with covid um so that's something that has impacted my mental health and I'm sure a lot of other people's too. Another thing is classes are very stressful and that's also another thing that would add to your stress during COVID, especially with Zoom fatigue and having to keep up everything online and just kind of having to do all your classes while feeling so disconnected from everything. So that's also a struggle and I would say it's hard to get through that and it's really hard to, like nobody really knows how to do it properly, I think, because everyone's going through this for the first time in their lives and nobody knows what they, what they can do to help, I think. 
Yeah, so many like really, I think, great points about just so many different facets of being a student in COVID during COVID-19. Um, and just disconnection, I think, is such a great kind of through point of what you were saying of it being really hard to connect to those things you need to take care of yourself, um, especially in a world where right now we really can't connect in terms of, you know, keeping each other safe as well. Um, yeah. Do you have any, I'm wondering, like, what are maybe some things, if you, you know, you're comfortable sharing um, that you think, like, either you do or, like, you've heard of people doing or you think people could do that might help combat these things, big or small? Um, I think even though I did say texting is harder um, and having someone there is better, um, I think texting still does help me in some way like at least I'm getting it out there and I'm talking to someone about it and it's like I know it's like the most I can do especially when I want to talk to friends like abroad um I guess I I just like maybe I'll, I would zoom them FaceTime them that would be better if I want to talk to someone face to face and I guess also um making new friends like over zoom I've made some new friends this year and that's also great because I feel like then I'm making new connections and just getting to know people and that helps with kind of making me feel more social and feel normal during the pandemic. Totally what do you think in terms of being in these classroom spaces because it's interesting I think um yeah sometimes having to take classes you're you're also not potentially maybe that excited about um and also in an online environment or would you perhaps have any tips about what it's like navigating that and things you do to take care of yourself through that I think for me I just kind of have the mindset of like I don't like this a lot but I know that I want to do well because I want a better grade so I just try to work harder on them so that I can achieve the best grade for myself and also I guess like working with other people like studying with them or just kind of like going through stuff with them online like i've made some friends through classes online just by being like hey like does anyone want to make a group chat and then like we would have a group chat and people would kind of like we get to know each other online and i think that's a good kind of environment where you can learn um and you also know that like especially with my science requirement some of my friends that i've made they are also like just doing it for the science requirements we can kind of bond over that as well totally i can really imagine it's nice to have even online those shared experiences to relate over um like it's nice to find commonality um which can i think be really hard when you know you're in your room all the time um and not necessarily like in person like you said experiencing exper experiencing things together yeah yeah definitely it's really hard but that gives me some comfort totally well um just to be respectful of your time um you know these were all really like you're very thoughtful and eloquent i think in explaining a lot of these things and i thank you for bringing your experience to our show i wanted to ask just as you know we're finishing up our conversation if there were any questions that either you wanted to return to if you had any extra spots or there were things you wanted to talk about that you felt like didn't come up quite yet? Oh yeah, um, I wanted to add to the last question about COVID. Um, I was also thinking about this and 
I became so much more conscious of sanitizing everything and like washing my hands. Like at one point my hands were like cracked because of how much I washed them. And I don't know if that's like a mental health thing, but I, I definitely think it is related to that because it's like, oh, suddenly you have the mindset of like, you have to clean everything like really thoroughly and you never know when things don't have COVID or things don't have germs on it even. Like it's, it's definitely impacted me. Totally, that's actually, that's a really interesting point, I think, in how the fear of a disease also can impact your psyche um, and like yeah. the, that's your day-to-day -day life. Um, I think a lot of us really um, can resonate with that of like being so scared of, having like this disease in your room and having to over clean. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And cleaning also takes up like so much of your time. Like when you already have classes and you also wanna keep up with your friends online, it's so much harder to also fit time to clean your room. And it's, it's it can get messy because it's just like, oh, like you really wanna get rid of the germs in your room, I guess. Totally. And I, I think there's a lot to say about your space in terms of how it can either contribute or, um, to how you feel. Um, I know when I'm stressed, I tend to not clean my room and then my room gets really cluttered and then I get more stressed. Um, and then when I clean my room, I feel amazing. But I also know, I think in like your experience, it almost is sounding like sometimes cleaning your room is actually adding more stress in terms of wanting to sanitize and make sure everything's really clean. Um, and there's a lot of pressure. Um, it's interesting oh, yeah. how space can be really different for different people. Yeah, definitely. But that's definitely, that's still a way you can kind of take care of your mental health. I guess with like, if you like cleaning, if you think that it makes you less stressed, then that could be a way you can kind of take the day to yourself and just clean up. And it, I know it's quite therapeutic sometimes. Totally. I really like um, like the little mops we have in our room. Um, I mm -hmm. love to mop. It feels like curling. Like it just, I feel like so dramatic when I mop. Um, so it just, it, it makes me feel so good. Um, and I think everyone needs those things where they might be really niche, but they make you feel good. Oh yeah, for sure. Totally. Well, thank you for sharing your thoughts on cleaning. I think that's actually really, that's a really interesting point. Thank you for joining us on podcast today. Let us know, Ponderosa, what are you pondering today? This podcast was produced by me, Camila Mir, and our wonderful editors, Jamie Coates and Ivana Zhikovic. This podcast would also not be made possible without the support of our coworker, Sarah Parks, and our supervisor, the Residence Life Manager of Ponderosa Commons, Lyndon Duncan. See you later.